The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so happy that you're here. I am so excited for today's guest. She is in my top five favorite female writers. And when I, when, when she, she actually reached out to me, if you could believe it, to come on the show. And I, oh my God, it made my year. I was jumping up and down with joy and it just, uh, it meant so much. And I'm so, so excited for this interview. I'll read to you something that she wrote. I am here to reclaim the eternal, grief-soaked majesty of the feminine from within a culture that doesn't know what that even means yet. I am here to uphold the exquisite wholeness of women. I am here to celebrate our darkness, our rage, and our grief. And then I am here to turn on our joy. I am here for our bodies, bruised, depleted, shamed, and worthy, right, perfect, beautiful, hot, wise, alive. I am here for orgasm and lust, for the virgin and the whore, who is all of us. And I am here for sisterhood. Thank you for being here with me. Mm. She is one of the most profound and provocative thought leaders in the world. She is a woman whisperer. She is a fearless warrior standing for sisterhood and pleasure. She is the pleasure queen. She's a teacher, a mother, and a media personality, creatrix and CEO of the School of Womanly Arts, a feminist. She is the New York Times bestselling author of the revolutionary book, Pussy, A Reclamation, as well as several other bestsellers, Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts, Mama Gina's Owners and Operators Guide to Men, and Mama Gina's Marriage Manual. She believes that women are the greatest untapped natural resource on the planet, and that as people of all genders reclaim the magnificence of the feminine, the patriarchy will fall away, liberating us all. 
We are living in a culture that shames our bodies, rebukes our emotionality, fears our sexuality, violates our safety, and makes us wrong for having feminine aspects, for being women at all. And in her classroom and through her books, Mama Gina shares our foremother's knowledge and embodied wisdom from pre-patriarchal times, the thousands and thousands of years when goddess culture and pleasure reigned. She shifts the way women hold their sexuality and identities, both individually and culturally. She creates communities of women who are so outrageously and wildly expressed that they are loving the world back to itself. The School of Womanly Arts is for two women, women who have been called too sensitive, too emotional, too feminine, too masculine, too neither, too round, too flat, too sexual, too frigid, too confident, too meek, too together, too broken, too much. And in this classroom where the feminine is appreciated and understood, your two is just right and holy and you'll come to believe it. I have been squealing with joy that she's here today. Please help me welcome Mama Gina to Untamed and Unashamed. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. How are you doing? Great. I I wanted to tell you that um, before I read your book, I had never said the word pussy before in my life, ever, and I referred to it as the P word, and, <laughs> and uh, the first time I said it was while listening to your audio version of your book on my uh, morning walk, and it just rolled off my tongue with so much pleasure. This was just last year, um, but I kid you not, something changed that day, something lit up in me. I think my pussy woke up, my, my pussy voice got louder. Um, mm-hmm. I, I gained some pussy codes from you. So I just want to thank I, you for that transmission. Um, I smile so when I say pussy now and I get a little juicy feeling and I salivate. Yeah. And so I just want to thank you. And um, I know You're that so that welcome. rippled to the woman that I work with and the woman in my circle as well. So wow, there's three female writers that have really changed my life and uh, the first one was Elizabeth Gilbert who I came across in my early 20s I'm 37 now so I came across her in my early 20s and she really opened up in me um, living truthfully and unapologetically and just being who you are Mm -hmm. and Marianne Williamson who uh, opened up in me um, living from love and with Mm. heart and uh, with softness to add to that truth Mm -hmm. and then you which I think they all had to come in that order and it opened up like this wildness and this um, aliveness and this um, uh, the word that comes up is just bliss so I'm so thankful to have you here today (laughs) I'm so happy to be here and just so it's so much fun to see how our lives are intersecting and connecting and just kind of getting a little feeling of your trajectory and the experience that you've had in connecting even more deeply to your erotic power and magnificence. Yeah. Yeah. And normally with guests, you know, I, I do a lot of research and I have the outline like a week prior and with you, I didn't feel like I had to do research because I felt like, um, well, first of all, I just wanted to like give you the mic and just say, go ahead and speak. Um, although I do have a bunch of questions for you. But instead, um, really what I did was like 
a lot of pleasure work just to, I wanted to show up here uh, to the pleasure queen in full pleasure. So um, uh, I don't normally wear lingerie when I interview people, but it was what I felt like wearing today. I know. I kind of, we were on the same. We have on our little camisoles for the day. It's amazing. Before we go into the questions, I wanted to see if you could just tell us a little bit of your story on how you became the goddess that you are today, the queen of pleasure. Oh God, you know, well, you know, like all really, really good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with rupture. Mm. I think that's a beginning of most big adventures in people's lives. Doesn't usually start with a little trail of happiness. Like most really, really good adventures start with some heartbreak or some mm-hmm. devastation or some rupture. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone who's listening to this, if you're in a place of rupture, or if you're in a place of heartbreak, you're in a place of devastation, know that it is the seed of your next becoming, mm-hmm. that there's a part of you that wants to emerge and wants to unfold and the container that you were in wasn't big enough. So, um, exploding out of any container can be really Oh, sometimes heartbreaking, sometimes challenging, sometimes scary. And um, I think that my journey, well, there are many starting places, but I would say probably one of the um, seeds of my adventure had to do with uh, some childhood abuse that I experienced, which Mm -hmm. I know is not atypical. So many women and girls have had, whether it's, physical abuse or sexual abuse or verbal abuse or um, challenges because Mm -hmm. the world doesn't really know how to handle who and what a woman is or who and what a little girl is. And we live in a patriarchal world culture that um, uh, is very often, um, there's many obstacles to navigate as a girl grows up. So that was my challenge. I had some abuse at as a child at home. And when that happens, um, you know, I was, I just had so much fear and so much contraction. I didn't really know why. And um, when I was a little girl, the goddess used to come and visit me and she would sit on my bed. It was really, I was really little, like five years old. Mm -hmm. And And I, I could feel this feeling, which is very much like what you described at the beginning of our call, where you're just Mm -hmm. feeling this sense of turn on or aliveness in your own body and being. And when she would come and sit on my bed, I would feel this delicious, like almost butterscotch, beautiful, sensual aliveness that I probably did not have the words for at that time, but I knew I loved that and longed for that. So, And when I would turn my head to try to see her, because she was so beautiful, I could feel her beauty, I, she would disappear. Mm. And I learned something from that. I learned, oh, she lives in the periphery. So she's not out front, you know, like the other gods, you know, like Buddha and Jesus and Moses and Yahweh and all those guys that you just see them yeah she's in the periphery and so I just I was a very spiritual little person 
And I just went on a search for the goddess. And I used to go to all kinds of temples and churches and shrines thinking I was going to find a temple for the goddess one day. But of course, I didn't ever find that. Um, So I had to build one. (laughs) 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 It's not easy to revive a religion, but I've done a damn good job. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Uh, I, I would say that that was like the first little tug that I had. But then when my daughter was born many years later, I felt such a sense of obligation to the girls of today who will become the women of tomorrow. And what was I doing with this life to make sure that the world could handle who and what a woman is. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it had to start with women. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a man can teach a woman who and what a woman is. It's mm-hmm. We have to have the recognition. If we want to be treasured, we have to learn how to treasure ourselves. And I was very lucky because I um, encountered a school called Moore University. And um, I learned so much about pleasure and orgasm there that kind of laid beautiful groundwork for what eventually became the School of Womanly Arts. Mm-hmm. That coupled with my research in the ancient goddess traditions and religion and And I knew that when my daughter Maggie was born, um, you know, like funny little circumstances happen that just open a world for you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's why you and I are talking now. There was some funny little circumstance where Jade was like, I shall do a podcast. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And you remember that day and that time and that moment? Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. So I remember speaking on, I was a ring girl in MMA and I, uh, in an, on a fight league. And I remember speaking on an MMA show on Fox sports and they thought I was going to come in and just talk about what it is like to be a ring girl. But instead I talked about my trauma and how, um, I had, you know, I was on this healing path and, um, we went on for like three times as long as they had booked me for And then I had gotten all these messages from people saying how they had felt hope during the call. And, and, uh, in that moment I thought, well, maybe I can do this then. Like, maybe I can just speak about this on a mic Mm -hmm. This was before really at this time, only Joe Rogan had a podcast. There wasn't really many, um, at least they weren't popular, but that was, and then I started to feel like, well, I'm not articulate. Um, you know, I'm, I, I don't know if I have the time, uh, I don't know if I'm smart enough, like all these questions. And then I, um, I took some mushrooms <laughs> and I saw, thank um, you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I saw a, a microphone in front of me and I saw, um, this clear light coming from my heart and going into the microphone and then turning into a rainbow and like going out. Oh my God. hearts. Yeah. And so um, the next day, I, I started. <laughs> I started oh the process. It's amazing. It's so amazing, and I'm glad to hear your story and to also be able to share mine because I know there's people that are listening to this podcast that have a dream inside mm-hmm. of them, mm-hmm. and that there's could be some kind of random circumstance, and maybe it's happened already, but maybe it's about to happen. That's going to create the small opening. It's going to lead you to your next step and your next step and your next step that will lead you to your dreams. Mm -hmm. And for me, in that particular case, I was nursing my baby daughter 
-hmm. And I just turned on the television because it's awkward and uncomfortable yeah. to nurse at first. It's like, yeah. oh, ouch. Uh -huh. and, so, and there's a movie called Dangerous Beauty, which was about courtesans. And a woman was with her daughter and she said these words. She said, if you want to give pleasure, you must know pleasure. Mm. And it was like, ding, 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 in my head. I was like, oh my goodness, women are take care of their husbands, their boyfriends, their bosses, their parents, their girlfriends, their friends. We take care of everything. Like, it's just mm -hmm. what women do. And we definitely don't learn our bodies before giving it away. We don't learn our bodies. We, we learn to compromise before we learn to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we don't know how to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I thought there was a day and there was a time, there was a place where courtesans studied pleasure. And I thought, I'm going to open a school in New York City, kind of a courtesan academy, where I will teach women about pleasure to connect them to their power, connect them to their voice, connect them to their own divinity, their sacredness. And uh, we'll start woman by woman by woman and begin to turn women on because women will turn on the world. Yeah. And so really, I just, that's how I began. I wanted to make the world better for my daughter, who's mm -hmm. now very old. She graduated from college in August and she got has her first job right now. She's um, in Miami being very grown up at this, at this time. <laughs> my daughter's five so <laughs> oh my goodness how nice you have one one daughter a daughter named jaya who's five and a son named soul who's six. Oh, yeah. that is so nice yeah so there's a couple of like little things that i want to touch on that um that you spoke about here and the first is you know, a lot of women that embark on this journey of pleasure and turn on, mm -hmm. some of them wake up to this while in relationship and mm -hmm. it's too big for their partners. Right. And I know my most recent partner had a really hard time with me calling myself a slut all of a sudden or a sex witch all of a sudden. <laughs> and when we started dating, though, I had so much sexual trauma and shame I was still navigating whether or not I'd been abused by my father sexually and all of these things that were unhealed. And I'm a completely different woman now, thanks to MDMA therapy and, and your book and, and uh, you know, you and Layla Martin's work. Um, and I'm more fully alive and I'm not going to go backwards and I won't be oppressed. I'm curious, though, when we wake up to this in relationship, how can women support their partners? Um and what do they do if, if it's just too big for, for their partners or for their family? Mm. Well, um, I think, the first of all, and the most important thing is that when a woman has a desire, she must say yes. Mm. She cannot turn her back on her desire. Um, illness and your mental health will be compromised, your physical health will be compromised. You must say yes when there's a desire burning inside. Mm -hmm. And then, um, really, it's about communication 
you know, and sharing with your partner um, every single step that's opening for you as it's opening for you and what you're learning and what you're discovering and what you're remembering and what you're processing and what you're uncovering and looking to see if you can stay on the same page um, Mm. as your partner and understand also that men process things really, really differently than women. Yeah. You know, we're kind of like these little Maseratis and we like scoot around like we can, you know, speed up and slow down and make a hard right mm-hmm. if we need, you know, if we're like finding our way and change our pathway. And guys are, they, they operate slower generally. Yeah. It's not wrong, mm-hmm. but it's more like if you were driving a Mack truck, you couldn't make those little swivel turns or it could jackknife. Mm-hmm. So it requires like a little patience and turn on <laughs> to continue to kind of bring your guy or your girlfriend into the unfolding adventure of you. Yeah. Because we as women, we don't want to leave uh, those that we love behind. We want to give them every opportunity to move forward. And yeah. yet you can't force anybody to move further and faster than they're able to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I look at it, you know, kind of like, a lifetime project you know there's um I can remember when I first started this school oh my goodness um there was so much um well I had so many objections there was really I can't, can't think of one person that said to me great idea Regina yeah <laughs> start a school about pussy a little genius <laughs> you know this terrifying to my parents it was yeah. um but I will say that my husband at that time, his name is Bruce, he was very, very supportive. Mm. Um, and so I'm very grateful for that because I think I think that when you are taking bold steps into new adventures, even if you just have one cheerleader, sometimes that's all you need. Someone to, to say, yeah, you're on the right track. You're doing great. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It is not a simple thing to uh, bring partners, especially when you cut a deal of a way of being at yeah. the beginning of the relationship and then you've kind of transformed and it can, you know, it can happen both ways. Yeah. So, um, but I think that it's what, like one of the things that I cherish the most is um, staying connected as connected as possible mm-hmm. with love, even when you're not always met with love. That's yeah. really very fucking hard to do. Yeah. But it feels so good in a woman's body when you can um yeah be uh, continually stay in your radiant turn on mm. even when you're met with resistance mm. that you don't lose that. Yeah. Where did you end up having to part with your partner? Um, we're still figuring it out. Um, but it's been met with resistance really. Um, you know, in my twenties, the way I dealt with my sexual, um, sexuality at first rebellion and I, you know, was a playmate and I was kind of doing it in this, um, nothing wrong with being a playmate or being in the mansion, but it's still coming from a place of rebellion. 
now it's coming from a place of liberation and I'm, you know, diving into Tantra. And um, I know my mom, the way she can console herself is saying like, well, maybe you'll end up being Dr. Ruth Westheimer. And I'm like, <laughs> excuse me, do you mean Mama Gina? Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> um, so I think they have their different ways of um, of trying to be okay with it. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's different for a man because like a, a parents can feel like it reflects on them. Whereas um, a partner can feel like he's having to share you. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it gets sticky. Um, mm-hmm. is, and it, is, is that how your partner feels right now? Yeah. Um, and I think uh, there's that. And then there's a little bit of the, um, the dogma. And I, I, that was another thing that I wanted to bring up with you is the divine feminine, not uh, basically being removed from religion, because mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge part of this patriarchal story of uh, also, I think men seeing our seduction as sin, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, if you think about it, you know, all the main religions, right? We've got Christianity, Judaism, Islam, um, even Buddhism, right? You don't see, there's not, there's no feminine um, goddess presence anywhere. And so uh, that, you know, you can tell as much about a culture by what it's missing Mm -hmm. as what's visible. (laughs) So the absence of the feminine, um, I, I mean, I'm sure you felt this way too. When I was growing up, I just felt like, wait a minute, where's, what about the, the images of me? You know, we're supposed yeah. to be created in God's image. What about the feminine, the goddess? What, right. I, I just couldn't understand why I wasn't in the uh, equation at yeah. all. And it was, it was always puzzling and disturbing. And it had me really from the beginning Mm-hmm. feel very alienated from right. um any of the world's great religions yeah uh, and and i think that we see the imbalance when the the masculine and the feminine is out of balance and you see a fundamentalism you see all the abuses in the catholic church mm-hmm. um so it's I think that let, let's say the effort for me is to just kind of balance the scales mm-hmm. um, because, you know, uh, I'm sure you've heard this legend. Um, it's, it was told to me by Lynn Twist, who was quoting an American Indian legend that she had learned about the, um, the, uh, the bird of um was you know it it needs both wings to be balanced in order to fly Mm -hmm. and right now the feminine wing of our culture is so tiny and the masculine wing is so strong that Mm -hmm. the bird just flies in circles 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 Mm -hmm. and it can't create any forward motion Mm -hmm. so um and supposedly this age like this millennium that we are in now is the millennium about creating balance Mm -hmm. and so uh and whenever there hasn't been balance it's always women who kind of go first 
mm-hmm. in terms of new concepts and new ideas, which is what you're describing, where you're kind of scampering ahead and seeing a vision of both yourself and your marriage and what's possible. And uh, it's uh, there's kind of a complacency inside the patriarchy to not necessarily need to see things differently than mm-hmm. um, than before. Yeah. So, Uh, It's difficult, but it's worthy. You're speaking, um, you know, we're talking about the feminine and you brought up the bird and there's a red cardinal just tweeting outside my window. uh, Mary Magdalene always shows up for me as a cardinal just to remind (gasps) that she's here. Wow. Wow. How great. How great. You you talked about too how like a woman needs to say yes to her desire. Otherwise, it's criminal. So can you talk about how Pleasure can literally save a woman's life. Totally, 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 totally. Uh, Maybe also like the difference between therapy and pleasure. There's, it's, it's, it's literally life-saving. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I love therapy and um, my dad was a Freudian psychoanalyst. So Mm -hmm. I owe a lot to that discipline. Um, And in my family, there was sort of the main sort of, architecture was we were always looking at the problems mm-hmm. we were looking for the problems we were looking at the problems you know if whatever that was if I wasn't doing well in school if there was fighting in our house um we were always trying to analyze why what was the problem mm-hmm. and uh it's kind of if just to use a really vulgar metaphor the same thing as if let's say there's um your dog poops on the carpet and you go and you you pick up the poop and you're like wow what's it what's what's in this poop why is this poop here what happened you know it's a, a journey that doesn't ever lead to more pleasure because you you never can know really why something is the way it is. Mm. And even if you did know why, what would that give you? And pleasure is interesting, right? Because once you go to pleasure, like let's say you're fighting with your husband and one of you has the insight, hey, come on, let's grab a bottle of wine, <laughs> jump in the car, drive to sunset, and make out let's do that what do you say and if the other person has the sense to say okay great let's do that pretty soon there you are you're watching the sunset you're having a little glass of wine you're snuggling with each other and then from that place you can look back and solve whatever problem or architect whatever solution you want but pleasure is a shortcut Mm. Um, it's a shortcut to creation, which is where we always want to live. We always want to live on that edge of creation and recreation Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, because if looking into the future is fear and in the past is regret. But if you're in the present moment, alive and grateful and in the process of connecting deeply with another person, you really can solve whatever challenges come your way. It's approachable. Yeah. Makes me wonder too, if that's why MDMA therapy can be so useful is because you're feeling pleasure in your body. 
Yes, I, th- I think you might be right about that. The experiences that I've had on MDMA, which I, I love, the hard part is the next day and the next, yeah. um, but have been so transformative and they stay in my body. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like they go away yeah. after the drug is gone. Like I retain whatever that was that mm-hmm. opened for me. Yeah. And I'd so appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know you spoke about like when, when we're void of pleasure, what that does to our health, um, what it does to our, um, you know, we're, we're basically not getting those three things that are produced when we experience pleasure and then right. those. Yeah. Um, in the Dr. Christiane Northrup wrote the forward to my book and mm-hmm. she taught me that, um, when you have a pleasurable experience, you're turning on all of these neurotransmitters, including beta endorphin, prolactin, serotonin, which basically they're hormones that flood your body with pleasure. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, you could look at it almost like they flood your body with health. Mm-hmm. Because um, when you're flooding your body with pleasure, it's the antidote to cortisol which is the stress hormone. And they've uncovered uh, uh, now that stress cortisol is kind of like the seed of many diseases in the body. It could be um, the cancer, um, mm. diabetes, uh, all kinds of um, illnesses yeah. are caused when the body is in a state of stress. Mm-hmm. So, Pleasure is a way that we each have to kind of create all of that beautiful healing chemistry for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you have to have 100 orgasms all, a day, but I'm, I will not stop you from that. <laughs> yeah. If that becomes your goal, Jade, I, I will be your biggest <laughs> cheerleader. Um, but it, it's it also, it's any pleasurable experience. It could be like having a dance break. It could be... Um, you know, cuddling with your kid. It could be taking a walk uh, with your lover, your husband, your um, uh, laughing your head off with girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to turn on all of those neurotransmitters and flood your body with pleasure. You, you could read yourself poetry. I have this class I was teaching today. Um, uh, it's it's my it's called Pussy Leadership Mastermind, and one woman was describing how she was kind of, she was at a conference over the weekend and it was a work conference and she was just like in a really cranky mood. But then there's like a velvet couch in the um, hotel. Mm -hmm. So she goes and lays down on the velvet couch and it was, the mirror was nearby. And so she catches her reflection in the mirror and she's like, ooh, you look so gorgeous. And then she just kind Mm -hmm. of stripped a little bit and she's like, Look at those shoulders. Mm. That is so hot. Look at your neck. Oh, you are sexy. And she just started to really praise herself yeah. in the mirror while she was lying on the couch. And then she ended up self-pleasuring. But she said it, the whole thing took place in under three minutes and yeah. completely changed her chemistry. Yeah. So it's pleasure is free, mm-hmm. always accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 
kind of a mind shift, a paradigm shift away. Mm -hmm. But as women, we've been so conditioned to serve others, to work hard, to take care of others before ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's the last place we look. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's why, um, my first book I called, uh, Mama Gita School of Womanly Arts, using the power of pleasure to have your way with the world. Mm -hmm. And one whole chapter was really about how pleasure is a discipline. Mm -hmm. Because it's so hard to remember. It's so easy to say yes to something painful or suffering, but it's very hard to say yes when you have something pleasurable. I'm yeah. getting all of this like very holy light happening on me right now. I know. <laughs> it's like spirit. You know, right? What is that? It's got a lot of very powerful rays. I know. It's got like some pink to it too. I know. It's pretty good. It's my color. It's no secret that shame-free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being. And accessible, expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops their products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy. I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelled A-E-R. It's called AIR. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products, so I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite, and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code JADE today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. So, you know, in your book, you talk about how you were violated in the pool, on the bus, with your family, and... Yeah. Um, I mean, mine, literally every place you listed, I had been violated in it as well on the bus, in the public pool um, with family members. And so I'd love to hear um, for those listening, a a lot haven't thought about what molestation does when it comes to our pleasure. Oh, my goodness. Uh, And then maybe how, how can we reconnect to our pussies? when we've been violated like that. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the reasons I wrote the book Pussy, a Reclamation, 
And by the way, I just have to brag. I was emailing my publisher yesterday. I was like, how many books have we sold? And we've done over 100,000 of just the hard copies. And that's not even counting the audibles. Yeah, those are audible these days. She thinks that it's easily another 100,000 for that. But I'm waiting to find out the number. So I feel really happy about that. Um, uh, But the reason I wrote that book is because you know, kind of my whole life was devoted to figuring out how we as women, you know, because when you get violated or violenced Mm -hmm. or abused in any manner, it's almost like you leave your body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just split. You're gone. Survival. Yeah. And then when you do that, what replaces that body connection is shame. Mm-hmm. And you're no longer like that beautiful, vibrant, alive creature. You're kind of a shell. Mm-hmm. So the question is, I, I don't look at it like the stuff that happened to me was wrong necessarily in this sense. Without having that early abuse, I would never have created the School of Womanly Arts. Mm. I would never have, you know, dubbed myself Mama Gina. And I probably wouldn't want to be doing the tantric healings. Yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't be me. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I would just be like really some shy kid in Philadelphia that, you know, but because of that abuse and my determination really from the time I was a little, little girl, I was like, I have to figure out how to get back my liveness. I can feel that it's gone. I remember Mm -hmm. looking out the window when I was five and thinking, I'm not looking forward to the day anymore. I don't know why. Yeah. And I have to figure out like, what is it Mm. about this world that would take the enthusiasm away from a five-year-old child? Like, is crazy. So I, I, uh, my whole life started to be about trying to reconnect with my own radiance and my own aliveness. And yeah. that led to, of course, starting the School of Only Arts and then writing all the books and my whole yeah. creative journey. So I'm not in disagreement. But the thing that I passed along the way through working with literally tens of thousands of women in front of me mm-hmm. in with their bodies and mine sweating and pressing up against one another Yeah, is that the only, when a, a child leaves her body um, due to violence that she has to, the only way back into her body is through embodied movement. So mm-hmm. I created a practice called swamping yeah, which is a practice that was designed for a woman to be able to, no matter what the fuck happened to her, whether she was raped, incest, violated, violenced, whatever, that she could embody the emotions. Mm-hmm. Because what happened to us, Jade, was that we... That we there was nobody who could witness our story. Mm-hmm. I I didn't even 
I, I, it's not just that I didn't have the words to talk about what had happened to me, mm-hmm. but I had no one to receive those words. It wasn't, I, I didn't even know anything had happened to me. I didn't, it was so outside of my yeah. scope of understanding as a little girl. Mm-hmm. So what I found was that when I would create a space for women to swamp, meaning move their bodies to music in ways that would connect them to whatever stored grief, mm-hmm. stored anger, stored mm-hmm. frustration, stored fear, um, that she could begin to own her storyline. So part one is just like, it's like just a wild eruption of emotion mm-hmm. to music. And using the container of music is amazing because let's say if you've got a lot of rage in your body mm-hmm. and you're playing something like, um, I don't know, uh, counting bodies, you know, it's three minutes. Mm-hmm. And you've got those three minutes to like pour the rage through your being and then it's done. So it's mm-hmm. in a container. It's mm-hmm. not going to spill over into your whole day. It's like mm-hmm. done to music. And then, um, so usually it's a rage, a grief, and then you complete with a turn on song. Mm-hmm. Why? Because when you t- pour turn on, into a woman's body, it reconnects her to herself. Mm. Um, And swamping is a practice that I do it every single day. Yeah. I do not miss a day or I don't feel right. Mm. You know, just because like moving through a day, Mm -hmm. winter, New York City, (laughs) um, you know, the ups and downs of, being single at this time in my life, um, the challenges at work or with my family, or mm. I just need a place to process. And yeah. it's also wonderful to be witnessed in your swamp. It's, an, it's a really huge ingredient. Yeah. So um, yeah. I describe it really well in my book. And mm-hmm. people do email me all the time that they actually practice it. Yeah, me and my kids do. Oh, tell me about that. Well, I know in your book, I, uh, you bring up like if you're feeling a certain emotion, you can put on a trash bag and 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 dance in the trash bag, like dress your emotion, you know? Yeah. So with my kids, um, you know, I'll ask them what they're feeling and we'll act the part. We don't always dress the part, but we'll act the part during oh. a song. And if that means beating pillows with plastic bats while we're jumping to a song, or if that means they just, it's not always anger, you know, they're five and six, but sometimes it's anger for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes they're just, they're really needing like some sensory, like they really need to get some energy out. So they just act completely bananas. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's different with their age, but I know for me, um, I often put on uh, like give no fucks or that song bitch, or, um, you know, I am every woman like this, a, a song that makes me feel like I don't have to be in a box and right. I can do all things. And, uh, I just jump around like crazy. And, and, um, oftentimes 
afterwards, like you describe, I'll go into a sensual erotic dance, but I, I do prioritize an orgasm after usually, usually when I'm, if I'm already there, I'll, I'll try to have like 10 cause we're already here, you know? Um, but something that helped me, uh, reconnect, uh, that I also found in your book because I felt so disconnected mainly because, um, the way that my mother talked to me about, uh, the, the lack of it also, uh, talking to me about sexuality and about pleasure. But I remember one time specifically where, um, she was being very abusive with me and there was, it's one of my, um, hardest memories that I've worked through, mm. but mm. I was nude. And, um, when she beat me and I fell back and my legs open, she was like, um, I don't want to see your disgusting pussy. And that just that sentence yeah. really stuck with me. Mm. And I, like, I had dog shit on my face. Like, it's just a really gruesome mm. memory and story. And then I remember getting in the shower and, and it, just going down my body, rinsing it off, but feeling not just like I was like one with this dog shit and not worth anything, but that like my most sacred part was because right. of the, that one sentence. And so something that I really pulled from your book. First of all, I am so sorry that happened to you. Thank you. So painful. Yeah. Yeah. It, mm. it, um, internal family systems has really helped work through mm. that memory. Wow. Um, you know, I've gone back and relived it and gave myself a different outcome. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, with the reconnecting to my pussy, you know, after the swamping, after the Iraqi dance, and then the orgasm, putting my pussy juice on my body and like celebrating her. Isn't that the best? Oh my God. It was, <sighs> there's something about it that feels so... <sighs> unashamed and so and I got to tell you too when I do that before a work shift I double my money like I double my income because it's in sales wow. and so there's that there's that for as well but having it on my body there's this feeling of this is me yeah. like this mm -hmm. is my magic and I'm not I'm like I'm not ashamed of it I love the way it smells and like there's nothing that is gross about it you know there's a celebration of it that I felt a strong reconnection to her when I allowed her in my life like that I am so happy about that because I felt <laughs> I remember when I was writing about that especially when I was writing about how I like the ways that I use pussy juice you know putting it behind my ears yeah. before a date or important occasion or mm -hmm. when I was um with a lover and really wanting to kind of draw him in and just yeah. using pussy juice all over his yeah. house. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to roll over. And people <laughs> love it. And then, of course, part of my um, confidence about it came from all my research into the ancient goddess traditions. Ah. Because I found out, you know, in ancient Egypt, if you and I were living in ancient Egypt, and it was planting season, we would go to the edge of the field together with all the other women in our tribe, and we would flash our pussies at the field. And we would say, may the wheat grow as high as my pussy. Yeah. So it was like pussy was a benediction and a blessing. Yeah. Um, there was the use of menstrual 
blood mm-hmm. uh, that was considered um, like a sacred fluid, mm-hmm. uh, both in ceremonies um, or a drop of menstrual blood in the meal of a man that you were wanting to attract mm-hmm. um, was a, a powerful aphrodisiac. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so many ways in which she who bleeds but mm-hmm. does not die and gives mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. was honored, you know, thousands of years ago. Yeah. In, in ways that we, um, you know, it's hard for us to comprehend, but then all we have to do is try it, mm-hmm. like a little pussy juice behind your ear yeah. or using it to anoint yourself. And then suddenly you're like, oh my God, I am the goddess herself. Yeah. You get your holiness when you, you know. and I love the feeling of putting my period blood on my face and painting it. That's oh, so and, good. And speaking my mantras out loud during that. That's so good. Do you ever like take it and swipe it on your lover? I haven't. Oh, so sexy. I'm excited for it though. Ooh, it's so it. great. It's on my drum right here. I like do stuff like that. Oh, that's amazing. This is my new and drum. So there's only one, but each period I'll do a, a little design. And then, you know, it's got a full year's worth. Wow. 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 As I, you know, as amazing. I, after, yeah. Amazing. Um, you know, the, the part of that wounding um, story that I just brought up made me also want to ask you about teaching our daughters and sons about pleasure. Yeah. You know, there's, I am still trying to navigate this. I want to have a sex positive um, therapist on, a family therapist on, but I want them to feel no shame about their bodies. I want them to know that I pleasure myself and that that's completely okay. I want them to know their body so well before they give it to another. But I also know that when it's introduced too young, it can also, you know, too much, too soon, too fast can um can also come like especially for a son and his mother it can cause some some issues there so I'm curious if you have any thoughts on uh how we go about that or yeah yeah I I, I do uh first of all I think one of the really most important things is to teach our sons and daughters like the correct anatomy yeah. Um, you know, just like you, I'm sure you teach your son that he has a penis. Yeah. And that your daughter has a vulva mm-hmm. um, instead of a... Yeah, we don't use pet names. Pet name or vagina, you know, which is misleading. So uh, I think that's one of the most important things because so many people don't allow girls mm-hmm. to actually know the name of that which is most essentially feminine about themselves. And they put yeah. some little weird nickname like PP or wee wee or instead of vulva. Mm-hmm. And, and vulva is important because it contains the exterior genitalia, including the clitoris. So it's important to mm-hmm. a- allow her to know that word. And your son too, that he should know that his sister has a vulva. Um, uh, I think the best way to go is um, went to when, whenever your kids have questions, mm, wait till they ask because they'll guide you. Yeah, uh, and true. you can you can provoke things with like there's 
some really cute books now that kind of picture books and things like that for little kids. Like, where do I come from? Um, I, I don't love that one, but it's not bad. But yeah. um, it was available when my daughter was growing up. I bet they had better ones. Um, that even just allow a conversation to begin. And the other thing is I used to take showers or baths with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so questions would come up in the bathtub or, you know, somehow I can remember sitting in the bath with her one day and showing her where her clitoris was and she, and then showing her where mine was and kind of like it, it was all, it all happened because we were sitting in the bathtub together. Yeah. So I think that the letting your kids cue the moments is yeah, that's, valuable. That's great. Yeah. And then I also think it's great for you to be willing to and able to share, you know, that it wasn't that, you know, you can say, look, I, I might be a little awkward talking about this stuff because nobody talked about it with me when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I told you uh, everything that I know and, and the one thing I can tell you to encourage you is that um, I've been doing this work for so long that I've not only gotten to see many women through my work, but then I've gotten to see their them have babies, raise those babies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for example, my goddaughter is now 19 and because her mom was my student, mm. she just feels so good about her body. Mm. She God. feels so good about her relationships with the different boys in her yeah. life. And I've watched her navigate with a kind of confidence that I didn't ever think was possible because mm-hmm. she had a mom that was super sex positive and learned, mm-hmm. took the time to learn about her own body, had abuse herself mm-hmm. and um, brought all of that to her daughter's and son's um, unfolding kind of developmental years. And her kids are amazing. So mm-hmm. I think whatever you do, mm-hmm. it's going to be so informed by everything that you've done yeah deep in your relationship with yourself you're not going to make any mistakes you may feel like you are but you won't and um I'm so grateful for the question yeah because it's you know we've come so far and sometimes we forget that we have yeah you know probably our moms didn't get a chance tools to connect to our there were no that's another thing that I felt I had to grieve with that there were no mama Gina's when I was a child right you know? or when my mother was a child there were no like goddesses before us that were lighting the path yeah. but I'm also rejoicing that there are well, during my my daughter's childhood you know so yeah and I feel like when you heal yourself it heals forwards and backwards in oh, time yeah. yes I feel like our ancestors are smiling on us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to check in with you on time because I have a couple audience questions and then the lightning yeah. round. And I of course want you to be able to talk about virtual pleasure boot camp because okay, great. Let me hear about that. So yeah. the audience had three questions. Um, and I share this first question with them. It's uh, you know, you you did a conscious uncoupling recently, or mm-hmm. I don't know how recent it was, but uh in the last year. And so 
the question was, how did you navigate that heartbreak? Um, I personally want to add on that uh, you've hosted that when you're in when you're in it, when you're in the muck, you yell, bring it on, I think is what the sentence was. And I would love to be able to yell that. I tend to whisper, please help me. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'd love to hear how you navigate heartbreak and like where, like how did you get the guts to yell, bring it on? Okay. How I navigate heartbreak is with a lot of swamping. Mm-hmm. The practice that we described like mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. a lot of communicating the truth, like a lot of transparency between me and my partner mm-hmm. um, when we broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, not doing it alone, you know, having a coach, um, an advisor, uh, and like feeling all the feels, not running away from any of it, you know, because there's so much grief when you end the relationship because it's not just what happened, but it's all the hopes that you brought to it. Yeah. So just a lot of not skimping on the feeling like, I think, Jade, the bring it on comes from so much experience of rupture in my life Mm. that I can feel the love behind it from the goddess. Mm. You know, in the beginning and any time that something didn't go my way or, you know, um, if I had a miscarriage, I would think, God, hates me or goddess hates me or you know I've done something wrong and what's happened is kind of as I've practiced uh learning about the divine feminine researching the ancient goddess traditions like working with women and seeing the cyclical nature of things you know understanding that even anytime you give birth there's a period of contraction Mm -hmm. and then expansion like the dark and the light go hand in hand. The degree to which we can own our darkness mm-hmm. is the degree to which we can own our light. Mm. So when, when shit starts to get really, really real, I just can feel, oh, wow, the goddess is surrounding me right now and she is breaking me apart mm. so that I might become the woman I was born to be. And I trust her more and more and more and I think that you will as well yeah Mm. because as you track back you know if you think about it like it's the times that you you being willing to talk about your rupture Mm -hmm. opened this whole podcast adventure for you yeah yeah my my vision board sitting above us I painted it this year instead of clipping it Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> we're only three weeks into the year and so much has happened. And I realized, wow, I asked for all this because of what I put on my vision board. Like these things didn't match up with this mm-hmm. really, really fucking painful for them to fall away. But I yes. also asked for this and this is what I That's right. wanted. That's right. So, That's right. Yeah. So you're already doing it. Yeah, yeah. As I whisper, please help me, though. <laughs> you can do that, too. Yeah. Um, so the next question from the audience was, um, what is turn on? Like, how, how do they live from a place of turn on? What, what does that mean? Yeah, okay. It's a really good question, because most people, when I use that word, it's, like, a little bit scary. Like, oh, Regina, does that mean, like, I just, like, want to have sex all the time? <laughs> you know, or 
you know, I'm just like, always have to dress hot. No, 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 no. It's not that at all. It's um, turn on this feeling of your own aliveness that's sourced in the pleasure of what it is to be a woman. Mm. So it's kind of like taking pleasure just from the experience of being in this female body of mm, even just inhaling breath and uh, having the awareness of how good that feels to take a deep inhale, to exhale. That's being turned on to your aliveness. Yeah. It's living in gratitude. It's uh, celebrating your sensual aliveness. It's um, allowing yourself to know that you are delicious mm. and juicy and magnificent. Mm -hmm. um, it's literally connecting to the divine inside of you. Yeah. And we as women were never taught to do that. We were taught that the divine yeah. lives inside the masculine and we must worship it. At the very least, it's outside of us. Exactly. So it's kind of putting the divine back inside of the woman yeah. and then saying, yeah, it's cool. Take pleasure from this body that gives life. Mm. Yeah, I am. Um, a couple of weeks ago with my sister circle, there's just four of us and we're all very much in this um, the same mindset. And uh, we had all pulled a card from the um, Divine Feminine deck prior, and I pulled Lakshmi. And, uh, you know, I have a big goal to write a book this year, and I haven't started it. Uh, and I have all these reasons, but when I was looking at the card while I was on the medicine, she said, if you want to write your book, just keep your pussy wet. And I was thinking of it as mm -hmm. like, okay, I need to orgasm every morning and then be dripping as I write, and I'll write from that place. But hearing you say that, I, I think that's deeply what truly what she meant is like, sure, mm -hmm. it, but it's both. Yeah. It's both, you yeah. know, and turned on, it's also turned on to your rage. It's turned on to your yeah. grief. It's not disapproving of those things. Yeah. It's living in approval. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I also had a vision that night of um, like singing to women's yoni, uh, to women's pussies and, and to like, with consent, of course, like placing my hand on it and and helping to energetically remove the the trauma uh, from abuse or from the wounded masculine, mm. um, and uh, a, a lot of messages around um, around that from from Lakshmi specifically. Interestingly, because I know she's she's mostly about abundance and and wealth, um, that was something that was really uh, hard with this most recent partner was. Uh, you know, his belief in like one God and my belief in like God is all in all. And there are all these expressions mm. here from God through Lakshmi and through, you know, whatever shows up for me um, through the tree, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so um, I also appreciate what you said earlier about the, the divine feminine showing up for you um, mm -hmm. as a goddess throughout your life. Um, the last question from the audience was, 
They were curious about yeast infections, um, like aside from the medical part, if you felt like there was something to do with their relationship with their pussy when they were constantly getting yeast infections. Do you have any thoughts on that? I've gone through periods of my life where I was getting a lot of yeast infections. Um, and uh, <laughs> I always think of it, you know, of course, I get the medical care that I need. You know, I love I love boric acid. It solves a lot of problems, but um, I always think mm, there's some way in my, which my pussy is tugging at my sleeve. You know, mm. does that have to do with the person I'm dating right now, or the person I'm having sex with right now? Does it have to do with that I'm not paying attention to my pussy right now? Um, mm. Where so I I look at it like where where is she asking for my attention? Mm. I think it's always a good question to ask. Yeah. I think, and I think, and the answer, I think it always changes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, I think she will grab our attention in whatever way she needs to. And sometimes we need a little yeast infection to remember. Yeah. Pay attention to her. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Thank you. So I'd love to hear about the virtual pleasure boot camp. Yeah, it's coming up this spring. First of all, I love this, in the show notes. I love this course so much because it's um, it's like literally how to build a pleasurable life, mm. like one building block at a time that builds consecutively over eight weeks. And I think the thing. Uh, virtual pleasure bootcamp starts March 28th and it runs for eight weeks and I teach it myself. And I love, I, I, you, you cannot believe how much fun and how intimate a gathering of women on zoom can be, but when yeah. you put pussy in the equation, it's uh -huh. so incredible. Yeah. But preceding that we have something called um, the uh, morning ritual pleasure challenge which I'm going to do from February 28th to March 4th, which is a little five-day challenge where I'm going to help women build a little morning ritual that's based around pleasure as yeah. kind of a free prelude that's to so boot camp. Um, and what the, the kind of outcomes that people have had, first of all, when you start to plug into your pleasure and your pussy it's almost like you're plugging into the universal life force yeah and you become like a hoover you know you're sort of attracting the experiences you desire mm -hmm. um people have had like uh, career changes raises attracting the partner that they mm -hmm. most deeply long for it um uh I wonder if that's just because on a quantum level, we're moving up in frequency and, you know, like attracts like, like attracts like. So when we're up there on that frequency, we're attracting what we're doing now. I think you're right. And then um, the other huge part is the sisterhood. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Expanders. I myself, like I could doubt myself about mm -hmm. a desire I have, but you wouldn't doubt me. No. Yeah. You know, I want to go on Oprah this year. That's my dream for 2022. <sighs> and sometimes I think, oh, God, how am I going to? Will I ever? And I'm sure if I called you up, you'd be like, girl, it's in your bag. It's in the can. I see you yeah. there. Yeah. You know? 
So the sisterhood is so valuable in terms of connecting a woman back to her desires mm. because pleasure is sort of the fuel to, that allows a woman to stand in the really big desires, the ones that are most unnameable uh, and the most longed for. Mm-hmm. And it's the container of sisterhood allows such a velocity of motion yeah. around women getting yeah, what they want. Right. It's so powerful. Yeah. Mm. So if people join my mailing list, which you can join by going to mamaginas.com, you'll get all the notices about the challenge. And then, of course, boot camp, which is going to be a blast. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'll put that link, mamaginas.com, in the show notes, and then also the link to just sign up for that specifically. So thank you. So there's a few short questions that I end every show with. They're real, um, just like one sentence answers. So the first one is, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? I would say um, you are so brave. You're so magnificent and trust that your journey is going to lead somewhere incredible, no matter how it feels right now. Mm. I needed to hear that today. So thank you. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? It would be totally, they would have to read Pussy or Reclamation. It's just such a work of art. Yeah. Yeah. And men too. I feel like it's no, men too. Yeah. Men too. For sure. I have a friend, Dominic Cortusio, who lives in New York, um, who I told him, like, if you have this book and maybe woman's anatomy to pleasure on your bookshelf and you, you know, you're on a date and they see that that's on your bookshelf, like you're going to blow um, one away. Um, yeah. good one. Just you love I, him a lot. Oh, you know him? No, I said you love him a lot if you told oh. him that. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like to, it's like the equivalent to telling a woman to put pussy juice on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he actually told me a story about how you guys were at Windbreaker in New York, the dance off in the morning. Is it called Windbreaker? Oh, Daybreaker. Daybreaker. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, and there was a um, maybe a homeless man that was in a lot of emotional. Oh pain. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said that no one could really contain what was yeah. happening, but you walked over and you just put your hand on him and just yeah. your presence settled it. And I told him, I can feel that you have navig- navigated your own chaos so much with so much grace that you're able to do that for another. So, um, yeah. yeah, I really appreciate that. Okay. The last question is if you could whisper one phrase, to everyone on the planet, what would it be? Prioritize your pleasure. Mm, prioritize your pleasure. Yeah. You're worth it. Yeah. Thank you. You are amazing. So beautiful. Such a portal of love mm. and turn on and radiance. And I just so appreciate where you are in your journey. I feel so privileged to have met you today and to have spent this time with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. Oh my gosh, you guys, that, that felt really, really good for me to be able to sit at her feet and learn from her. 
it wasn't exactly what I expected because I'm so used to her being so like really vibrant and loud and like, come on. And it felt like I got her more like chill, calm energy, which was really unique to, to, um, just sit and, and discuss with her in because it just it it caught me off guard but it also like calmed my own nerves which was really nice um I can't wait to hear what you guys think and I hope you've read her book it I'm telling you that book changed my life changed my life so uh man or woman definitely pick it up it's so 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 good all right Thanking my affiliates, the best toys for sex at dameproducts.com, code Jade, gets you 15% off. The one uh, of their products that I love the most that I vouch for is the suction toy. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It's called the AIR, A-E-R. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris or your bliss button. So you can go all the way as many times as you want because it will take you there as many times as you want. Uh, what I like to do, though, is I like to pair it with my pleasure wand. I have the glass one, but they just came out with one with a flower inside that I really want. Or my yoni egg. I have the jade medium-sized yoni egg. And I get those at wands, W-A-A-N-D-S dot com. Code jade for a discount. If you click the link in the show notes, it'll give you 20%. So I like to put in one of those while I use the uh, clit sucker from Dame Products, and it is the dynamic duo. And then all things CBD at directhemp.com, code Jade for a discount there. And then higher dose infrared products, all things infrared. I love my infrared face mask, my infrared uh, bioenergy mat. Mostly, though, I love the women that created this brand. They're biohackers and so amazing and just wonderful lights. I'm saving up for the two-person sauna. Code Jade75 for $75 off there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It means so much if you would leave a review or share this episode with a friend. I really feel that Mama Gina could benefit so many people with her wisdom. So please share this with someone. If they, if they cross your mind, it's probably because they're meant to hear it. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.